In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies. It is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, Mastering the Zodiac, Reuniting Western and Eastern Astrology, Sidereal Astrology Using the Actual Position of the Planets and Constellations in the Sky. Things I saw about my tropical sign, although true, just didn't speak to me on a soul level, first of all. And then second of all, there was a lot of things that weren't explained. And I get that a lot from my clients and stuff doing readings is like, wow, yeah, the tropical was accurate, but this is giving, you know, um, it's explaining things that wasn't explained in the other system. This podcast is supported by Paranormal Contractors. If you have a ghost or demon problem in your home or business, this is no time to be dealing with amateurs. It's time to bring in the professionals. Paranormal Contractors is a division of crime and trauma scene cleaners. Call them at 1-866-724-0800. 1-866-724-0800. Or email them at paranormalcontractors at gmail.com Check out their YouTube channel Paranormal Contractors for things that go bump in the night Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett Pursuing the truth wherever it leads Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. 
his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Friday. Astrologer Athan Chimenti is standing by to talk about a simpler, more natural path of astrology called sidereal astrology. Christian Dikadjou, the real John Constantine, will also drop by for his regular Friday visit. First, I want to give you a heads up that I will be hosting Coast to Coast AM three times in May. Saturday, May the 11th, Sunday, May the 12th, and then I'll be sitting in for my colleague George Knapp on Sunday, May 19th. You can go to coasttocoastam.com for a list of affiliates to find a station near you. It's one of the oldest pickup lines in recorded history. Hey, what's your sign? Me? I'm a Capricorn. Or at least so I thought, until I met Ethan Cimenti, and he says we've been using the wrong method of astrology. And he's here to introduce us to the Eastern tradition, a more accurate method of reading the stars. Athan Chimenti is an astrologer who specializes in sidereal astrology, which is unique compared to mainstream astrology. He is the founder of MasteringTheZodiac.com. Athan Chimenti, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Hey, great, Richard. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So... You are a master astrologer. What does one have to do or study to become a master astrologer? Well, I don't know if I'd say I'm a master, but uh, certainly uh, spent my life looking at um, just general philosophy of life and then eventually uh, tying it into astrology. So over the course of probably around the past 10 years or so, um, really just a, like tying in the philosophies of life into how they match with the stars. Um, but astrology is as simple as just seeing where are the current celestial bodies in the sky and then kind of seeing those patterns play out in our life to see, okay, what, what happens when the celestial bodies in this part of the sky and what does that actually mean for our life? And then so enough of that pattern recognition, um, just being able to apply it to other people's lives and see, okay, maybe it means that kind of thing is happening at this particular point in time. So. Um, you know, generally, I think most of it is having a good anchor in a good view of life and how to work with life, again, in a philosophical sense, but then applying it with your astrological techniques and things like that, which you can study, um, you know, in books, online, things like that. Now, you use something called sidereal astrology, uh, which is quite different. Uh, and the differences are significant, as we'll learn in a moment, but sidereal astrology differs from the classical tropical astrology, which is what the Western world and the European world have been using, I'm guessing, for thousands of years. So before we get into sidereal astrology, explain how tropical astrology works. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, great question. So typically when we think of astrology, someone might say, you know, our sun sign is in Aries or we're a sun in Leo or something like this. And we would normally just take it, we would assume that that's where the actual sun was at the time of our birth. And that's actually not the case. Um, in fact, most of the time, when you say think your sun is in Leo or whatever the constellation is, it's actually in the constellation before it 
or it could even be two constellations before it. And so the reason for this is, yes, exactly, the difference between what's called tropical and sidereal. So I practice what's called sidereal, which is using the actual placements of the planets in the sky. Tropical is the mainstream system, again, the sun signs, all that kind of stuff, and unfortunately does not use the actual uh, placements in the sky. So what they're using is basically centered around the seasons, first of all. So that's why like every spring equinox, we begin the sun and Aries season for 30 days and then 30 days for the next sign and so on. Um, and so it's not centered around the sky. So the question then is, is, okay, why? Why is it based around the seasons? Why isn't the actual sky? Because that's what astrology should be, right? So the um, answer to that is that roughly about 2,000 years ago, there was a link between the seasons and the actual stars in the sky. So in other words, at that time, 2,000 years ago, uh, the sun was entering Aries during the spring equinox. But the constellations have been slowly changing. It's about one degree every 72 years. Um, there's, a, there's a slight change between, again, that seasonal where they were 2,000 years ago and where they are today. And that's why today they're almost two signs away at, at certain points. That's what we call precession of the equinox, right? Where the exactly the constellations move in the night sky gradually over time. Although we have fixed stars, right? The North Star yep. is always where it's supposed to be. Uh, but exactly. The, but the others drift gradually. And, and how much per century, roughly, or year? So it's one degree, so, so 360 degrees for the whole sky. So one degree every 72 years. So that equates to about where we're almost a full degree, or I mean a full sign away, you know, full like 30 degrees, you could say almost. We're about 24 degrees in variance uh, from where we were 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And this is because the Babylonians didn't, what, un they didn't understand the procession? So it's actually the, actually they, it was something they didn't really need to understand is the thing because at the time like it was all just the visible sky right but so so basically 2000 years ago that was after the ba babylonian astrology but you know babylonian astrology about 3000 or so and even before that it's arguably is where astrology really got its you know current roots um yeah they basically just simplified their system um, they were still using the sky, but they simplified it in such a way to make it into more like a clock or a calendar. And that's why everything's an exact like 30 degrees each, 30 days for each sun sign, for example. Um, so it's a simplified system, but even then when they simplified it back then, 3000 years ago, it, they actually did take it away from this, like it became more man-made than the sky because in the sky, the constellations are different sizes. Some constellations are very large, larger than 30 degrees, like Leo or Pisces, some very small, like Libra or Cancer. So it, they simplified it by degrees, and then once they created that system, they kept using it, you could say. But the big reason would have been Ptolemy, right around about 250 AD, uh, during the Roman Empire in the West. Um, Ptolemy simplified and said, hey, look, we figured out there's procession, but let's just keep it fixed, make everything simple so we can do our calculations very easily, basically. And so ever since Ptolemy, the West has been using the tropical system of just simplifying it for the seasons. But now it's so different, right, that 
there's so much more of a variance where it made sense during Ptolemy's time because, you know, to simplify it just meant easier calculations and it was still relatively equal to the sky. But obviously so much has changed since then. Right. And when did you and other astrologers who were using, I'm assuming you prior to this revelation, you were using the tropical system. When exactly. did you have that aha moment and say, wait a minute, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a Capricorn, I'm a Sagittarius. Right, right. Well, it was actually because of technology. And I think that's what's really changing right now is things like computers and the internet are allowing us to make these calculations. Whereas before it would have been far too hard to like write everything down by hand to really account for procession and such, right? So that's what it was. I was, um, Following tropical astrology, there was a full moon, and it was supposed to be in the sign of, I think, Gemini or something like this. And so with my smartphone, they now have those apps where you can just hold up your phone to the sky and see you know, see the actual visible sky. So I'm like, all right, let's check out this full moon in Gemini. So I bring my phone up, and it's in Taurus. And I'm like, that's the constellation Taurus. That's a full moon what's going on, right? <laughs> At first, I thought my, uh, my, my phone was broken. Actually, I thought something was wrong with like the, you know, GPS or navigation or something. But um, yeah, so I did some research and come to find out that what I thought was mainstream astrology being the visible sky is not. And that led down a huge rabbit hole of uncovering this and then um, you know, really solidifying it into my work and then realizing that the word needs to get out there. But, but with that being said, like it's important to note too that in the East, with particularly Vedic astrology, they've always used sidereal. Um, they've used a simplified version of sidereal, which again is an even 30 degrees each. So they're not taking into account the actual size of the constellations like, like I'm doing with my work, but it's still sidereal. So it's important to know that sidereal has been around, it's just it was very hidden and not, and not used at all, and again, very obscured in the West. Right, and so I was born January 1964, Jan 12. Uh, now that's my birth sign, right? This, so I would have yeah. to recalculate uh, my birth sign. So there's, we have what? A birth sign, we have a, and then on a daily basis, we have like a sun sign and a moon sign. Just walk me through sure. how that works. Yes, yeah. so basically your sun sign is um, you know, your birth sign. So, so when we say like, you know, you're a Capricorn or whatever, like we're talking about, um, that being your actual sun sign. So it's basically saying that's when the sun, that's where the sun was at the time of your birth. So in your case, you would have been a Capricorn in mainstream right. astrology. But the truth is, is that if you were to actually stand there at that time, um, and look up at the sky, the sun was actually in Sagittarius. And in fact, still to this day, you know, because not, not a whole lot has changed with procession since then, obviously. So still to this day on your birthday, if you go use one of these apps or use a, a astronomy software or something, you'll actually see the sun in Sagittarius. Yeah. Which makes total sense for what you're doing because Sagittarius is about broadcasting, um, radio, publishing, sharing wisdom, philosophy, things of that nature. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh, now, but, but prior to the widely accepted um, method that you're using now, or I don't know how widely it is accepted, but sidereal, uh, you know, people would, would look up their daily horoscope in the newspaper, and if they were a Capricorn, they might, they might, they'd look up that 
reading for that day and they say, oh wow that makes sense or i mean people you know believed right. in that and and they found they found some accuracies presumably yeah so what's what's changed then yeah so it's still accurate i still think that tropical is accurate i think it's just not showing the most fundamental picture um, the reason I think it's accurate is that it's still based on the season. So it's kind of a, you can think of it as like a seasonality system. Um, and so it being based on the seasons, there's still cycles with that. And that's what I think astrology is just showing. Like, I don't personally believe that the planets have any kind of effect on us. I think we're just recognizing patterns in life and it's these patterns, it's just, you know, celestial events like planets and signs, or even just the earth's rotation around the sun is a cyclical enough pattern to where we can recognize those patterns. And, and that's just what astrology is doing. So with tropical, it's still accurate because it's a consistent time-based pattern. And we are noticing those patterns and they are true. I just think it's a very surface level kind of aspect to our personality and not a more essential or spiritual one that you would find in Sideria, which I think is more an essence. Um, and the reason for that is if we think about it symbolically, seasons have more to do with kind of karmic cycles and more of the physical world. It's seasons, it's physicality. And so it deals more with that kind of realm. Whereas with sidereal, it's speaking more to our inner experiences, to our soul, to our spiritual life path, you know, these kinds of things, which what I found is, yeah, super, super helpful for. Now, when you're doing a, a, a personal chart now, what are, what are what what are you noticing that's different based on the sidereal versus the the tropical? I mean, are you, right. are you finding you're able to drill down and get far more detail? Yeah, pretty much. So that's that also brings up a really good point, which is that the two systems aren't just using signs. So in astrology, we also use what are called houses. And then we also use aspects, which is what is the association between these celestial bodies? And those are exactly the same between tropical and sidereal. So if you were to go get a reading from a tropical astrologer, you know, you're going to get like 80%, 70%, somewhere around there of the same information you'd get from a sidereal reading. The difference, of course, yes, comes down to the signs, which is going to drill into more on the specific of personality characteristics, um, what are the energies and qualities you need in your life to gain life force and energy and like, you know, to really unlock. That's why the site's mastering the Zodiac because it's about locking those aspects of the self. So it really helps us do that. Um, and then really get into a more deeper understanding of our life path and like, what are these like, again, experiences that we're, we're cultivating. So um, most of it's the same between both systems. But yes, I would say it definitely drills it down more specifically because you're able to get that extra bit, which is actually huge, um, that extra bit there to really uh, focalize what exactly are these qualities that we're developing, which is what the signs pretty much represent. Now, do you divide it, the, um, do you divide it into 12 uh, constellations? Because in somewhere around, I think, the mid-90s, somebody introduced a 13th Exactly. Uh, uh, a 13th constellation. And I think even before yeah. that, someone found two more. So there was 14, according to someone, and 13, according to somebody else. What do you right. use? <laughs> right. So I use 13, but it's more like 12. 
Um, the reason is, is okay, so the 13th sign is, was, we call it 13 because it's discovered, but it's actually tied in with like the eighth sign. So if you were to say, you know, one through 12 is all the zodiacs, um, you know, constellations, you know, sitting around place, place eight, uh, in terms of the 12. So, but we call it 13 because it's like the 13th one we found. So it's called a fucus and it sits right above Scorpio. But I, I include it with Scorpio in the sense that it takes up the same part of the sky. So there's really only 12 different constellations in terms of how the sky is divided. Because a fucus and Scorpio share the same part of the sky, I include them with what's considered the eighth part of the sky or the eighth house. Uh, with that being said, however, yes, I do look at it individually because even though they share the same part of the sky, they kind of wrap around each other. And if you look at, you know, if you type it into uh, Google or something, you'll see what I mean. But the first part, when the sun starts to go through the first part of Scorpio, it'll be Scorpio first. And then after Scorpio, the sun will pass through a part of a fucus. And so they're very similar. Again, same part of the sky represents the same things, but it's kind of like just an extra additional evolutionary step, you could say, from Scorpio. And so Scorpio typically deals with deeper being aware of deeper things in life uh, intimacy vulnerability um, deeper connections all the stuff that's really about research and uncovering hidden things in life in general a fucus is kind of one step after that which deals more with healing how can we take this deeper information or deeper insight about an experience or about life or whatever and then make something of it so a lot of um, healers are seen with this like spiritual healers but also medical healers um, anyone that works with the hidden realms in such a way that like helps others in some way. Yeah, that's a few because it's in the sky. It's the serpent bearer and it's a person holding a serpent, which um, if we do look at ancient times, we can see the symbology of ser serpent symbolism, uh, which has always been very much associated with medicine. Right. And, and I think they saw that they knew that they were looking at the same constellation. We were uh, the ancients. And um, and so that they made that link. And so that's, you know, that's this, that kind of energy is that serpent's healing type of energy. Um, in terms of other constellations, though, yes, there's, a, you know, there's obviously a bunch of constellations, but what we're looking at in astrology is only the constellations that pass through the ecliptic, which is the path of the planets, basically. And um, there's only 13 that are close enough to the ecliptic that should, in my opinion, be considered zodiac signs. There are, there are of course, many others, Cetus, uh, among others. Orion even, um, but they don't actually pass through the ecliptic. Now, there's only one sign that doesn't pass through the ecliptic naturally, and that's Aries, but Aries is so close to it, and it already represents a very independent, individualistic kind of outside the beat of a, you know, marching to the beat of a different drum kind of energy. It's ruled by Mars and all this, and so that's just, you know, right there close enough way closer than the other 14 15 16 and it fits with its kind of personality for for aries well he's back it's friday christian dicadieu the real john constantine of paranormal contractors a division of crime and trauma scene cleaners christian how are you Hey, Richard, I'm doing well. How are you? Terrific. You know, over the course of uh, the last several months, we've talked about your investigations, authentication, and then 
there's remediation, which we haven't talked about. Give me an example of how you remediate if someone has paranormal activity in their home. Well, there's many different ways how we remediate. Of course, the circumstances, the environments that we're working in all matter and we all have to take that into consideration. One methodology that we use is uh, the usage of ozone, ozone gas. Now, ozone is quite, uh, it's like a double-edged sword. It's extremely powerful, but if not used properly, extremely dangerous and can certainly, it can kill plants, it can kill animals, it will eat away at the plastic lining of the inside of a fridge or um, the tank of the toilet and breathing it in yourself, it will bleach your lungs. So it uh, can be very dangerous in high concentrations. However, ozone starts off as an O2 molecule and then convert itself to an O3 molecule. And the only reason why ozone is legal is because it eventually, it reverts back to an O2 molecule. So ozone is extremely effective in the elimination of paranormal entities because O3 ozone gas will completely destroy all bacteria, all forms of positive and negative energy and ions in the environment. So it is a form of airborne sterilization. So it's great to decontaminate and sterilize, deodorize, but at the same time, it's extremely effective to treat an environment in order to kill from any apparitions or remove any apparitions. Now, because it's a gas, I can also stabilize it. So what I do is I take high, high, high concentrations of ozone, and then I will take a tube, I'll stabilize the ozone gas into water. I will then take the stabilized, the water now that has ozone, high concentrations of ozone, and I will make that water into a wet fog. And I will completely fog the entire environment, ceilings, walls, floors, and the HVAC system, in order to ensure that all entities have been completely removed from that environment in conjunction with the ozone gas. So that is one of our forms of, of remediation and it's uh, extremely effective. It's a bit of a double-edged sword too, so you have to be careful, but it's always worked for us and our success rate with that is beyond 98%. Wow, ozone, who knew? All right, thanks so much, Christian. Give us a 1-800 number. I can be reached at one 724 or our email address is paranormalcontractors at gmail.com. Christian DiCadieu, the real John Constantine of Paranormal Contractors, a division of Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners. Check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night. In another reality, Richard is a very strong and handsome man. Just not in our reality. Although I heard somebody passing him in the hall the other day, and it was good, good, a handsome man, Richard is. I made that up. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Athan Cimenti is here from Mastering the Zodiac. What about for you personally? Did you have a revelation when you discovered your actual, your true, your sidereal sign? Mm, yeah, yeah, big time. What yeah. happened? so much more just made sense um things i saw about my tropical sign although true just didn't speak to me on a soul level first of all and then second of all there was a lot of things that weren't explained and i get that a lot from my clients and stuff doing readings is like wow yeah the tropical was accurate but 
this is giving, you know, um, it's explaining things that wasn't explained in the other system. And that's that extra, like what I'm saying, like 20% of added information to it that really is super helpful, really unlocks it. So yeah, that's what it did for me. And um, as I started using it for myself, I, you know, using it with clients, using it with others, and it's just been greater and greater confirmation of who I am, who we are, what we're doing, where we're headed. And when it comes to predictive astrology, not so much like, oh, am I going to, you know, like the, the newspapers, not so much, oh, what's going to happen today with this and that, but more like, you know, what is this year showing me? What is, what are the energies of this year, these themes of this year that I can actually work within? Um, you know, to bring more balance to my life, more health, right? More greater prosperity. Um, it's all about working within those energies. And yeah, Sidereal's really unlocked a lot, a lot of pieces to that that wasn't uh, shown before. You mentioned predictive astrology. Do you yeah. do you get into that at all? Because I mean, over history, you know, military leaders have have. Uh, organized their campaigns based on the the stars and so forth. And we, President Reagan, of course, his wife Nancy uh, Reagan was the first lady was very much a believer in a, in yeah. astrology. Uh, does sidereal um, affect predictive astrology? Does it make it more accurate? Yeah, it makes it more accurate for that same reason that the main reason is that we have what's called rulers in astrology and rulers are the planets that rule certain signs. So when something's going into a certain sign, like actually a really good example, this is actually happening right now. So we have the planet Uranus, which represents change and individual freedom and uh, changing the world in such a way that like disrupts the status quo and induces like progressiveness. So this planet, if we all look up at the sky right now, we'll see it moving into Aries as we speak, slowly but surely from our vantage point moving into Aries. But in tropical, they're saying that it's moving into Taurus. Now these are two very different interpretations. Um, when Uranus moves into Aries, like we're actually seeing, this is going to induce more fire energy. What we're probably going to see like collectively, because this represents a lot of the collective unconscious and things, is we're probably going to notice a lot more of like, and we've already been seeing it, you know, in the world, it's just more like independent energy coming out. We see this with nations and stuff, people really starting to, you know, fight against their governments and take power back and, and try and induce like really fiery change you know we've really been seeing that in the past couple of years uranus very slow it's been slowly moving in in there these past couple of years now in tropical it's into taurus and taurus represents more like earth and stability um so it rules things like economics and things like that and we have seen some changes in economics not really but a little bit and i would expect to see some because again it's still somewhat accurate but you can see the contrast there like yeah right. we're seeing some changes with economics a little bit but Really, right now, I think it's that fiery, independent energy of Aries. Oh yes, the yellow vest movement and populist right. uh, populist uh, movements around the world, really. Exactly. Yeah. And so the last time this happened, it was like leading up to it was like um, late twenties, or actually it would have been the late thirties, going into the forties. So it was like um, you know really getting into like it. What ended up happening was obviously like World War Two which is Aries, which is like war and stuff like that. So it's not saying that's necessarily going to be the case now, 
but it's that same kind of like really fiery, direct, active kind of energy. And during like World War II, um, you know, there was an obvious change. There were some obviously economic changes and that's the Taurus side too, but you can see definitely if we were to reflect on that period of our, of, of, of our uh, history, that that was definitely like an Aries type of energy that we we're dealing with mostly at that time. Yeah. And where is uh, Mars? Because we associate Mars with war, the god of war. Mm-hmm. Where is yeah. Mars right now, according to sidereal astrology? Exactly. So Mars is the ruler of Aries. That's the great point there. So Mars is in Taurus right now, but Mars moves very quickly. So Mars, so whereas Uranus is this long drawn out, because it's a very slow planet, long drawn out, very collective. Um, many years will be in Aries for like five years. Um, Mars is moving around the sun or from our vantage point around the zodiac every two and a half years, roughly. So it's quite quick. Um, but right now he's in Taurus and he's been in Taurus for about the past month, month and a half. And that does deal more with like, in this case, it's a little more personal in that if you do notice when we are taking, like things are a little more grounded right now in terms of the, the independence and the change, like it hasn't been too disruptive the past month or so lately. But once Mars goes into say, you know, more of a fire sign or, you know, an air sign or something like that, well, that's when we'll start to see more of the pattern, patterns of it really coming out more into the forefront, more on fire, so to speak. Now, um, how, how does, what, is, what are the principles, uh, underlying principles of how we are affected by our, either our sun sign or our moon sign? I mean, you mentioned that you don't think the planets uh, or the stars have um, an effect on us. It's about patterns and cycles and so forth. But, I mean, I think the ancient Greeks talked about something called the radionics of spheres. And, and uh, I mean, they, and there, we have things called cosmic rays, and some people believe they have an effect on us. How is it that we are affected by the constellations? How does it affect our character? So that's, that is where I'm quite different, I think, from most astrologers in general. Um, is that I don't believe that it's operating within cause and effect. So I think it's operating more into what we would know as synchronicity, which is more on like Jungian principles of, um, in this case, the way I describe it, and this isn't the way Jung described it by any means in, in terms of astrology, because he did talk about astrology. He didn't describe it like this, but the way I see it is that it's not that the planets are doing anything, so it's not cause and effect. It's just we're merely able to keep time by looking at the planets and everything in life happens in cycles. And so we're just able to tell what time it is simply by looking at the, const- the, the planets. That's the reason. We're able to tell what time it is. And when something's a certain time, we're noticing there's certain things that happen at that time. Now, the reason that it's certain planets is because this is where it ties in with synchronicity, which is where everything's tied by meaning. So if we've associated, if we've noticed these patterns with Mars, right, of action, war, assertiveness, independence, all this kind of stuff. Well, when Mars goes in front of a certain constellation, like right now in Taurus, that's symbolic for that side of ourself, the Mars side of ourself, because the planets represent these aspects of our personality. So this assertive side of ourself going through this certain constellation, going through this certain energy. 
And so the energy of Taurus being the more stable, resourceful, grounded kind of energy that we're, we're experiencing. So it's not that I believe that the constellations are, you know, necessarily doing anything to us or that it's even a cause and effect, but more of it's just a symbolic representation. Hey, when Mars goes through these constellations, it means there's something happening collectively because it's symbolic. Where else would Mars be when these things happen? Like, I believe everything in the in the universe is tied together. And when something is happening, like just a planet is doing one thing in some constellation, it means that that aspect of life, is, which is represented in our inner world, is going through the same kind of experience. So it's more like saying, okay, Mars is having this experience, so that must mean we're having this experience in that Mars way, if that makes sense. And I mean, the newspaper uh, astrologers, they continue to utilize the, the tropical uh, uh, system. Yeah. I mean, how, how widespread is sidereal? Is it likely to become mainstream, do you think, in the future? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of time. And, and by sidereal, I mean true sidereal. So, like I said, like most most of the world, you could say, even uses sidereal. You could say that because there's just so many people who believe in astrology and in the world, actually. Like most people believe in astrology, um, but not so many in the West, right? Because we come from more rational kind of air energy, which is, which is fine. But in the West, it's a little bit more like, um, you know, practical, tangible information. What's, gonna, what's happening now, though, is that sidereal, true sidereal, is very practical. It's literally looking up at the sky and saying, okay, this constellation, you know, or this planet's in this constellation, it means something visibly. It's not, you know, based on any man-made system. It's not changed in any way. It hasn't been manipulated. So that's what's really appealing to people is a lot of people in my work, you know, that I talk to on a regular basis or do readings for, it's this, wow, I finally found something that makes rational sense. It actually speaks to my Western mind, so to speak. You know, I'm like, this actually makes sense to me because it's what's visibly taking place in the sky. And, um, and because of the internet and because of computers, you see just, you know, even 20 years ago, sure, we had computers, but computers weren't prolific enough to where someone like me would just go get a computer and start doing astrology readings. At the time, everything was done by hand, you know, well, we'll say more than 20 years ago, I guess at this point, like 30 plus years ago, you know, you have to actually go in and draw out these charts by hand, do all these calculations and to do true sidereal with that would have just been an extra huge feat. Like, you know, so that's the reason it hasn't really come about. So thanks to, you know, technology, computers, and now the internet, we're able to do fast calculations. We're able to use our smartphones, look up at the sky anytime. Um, we can process these charts, no problem. And the internet is helping spread the information. So now on YouTube, like with my YouTube channel and stuff, like so many people are becoming aware of, hey, the system's not, you know, like the system's different. Like we we're told that our sign is this and it's not. And yeah, it's, it's catching on quite quick. And I would say probably, you know, the next 10, 20 years, um, it'll be quite prolific. Maybe not as much as tropical, obviously, because that's the mainstream established thing right now. But definitely some people waking up, I think, heavily over the next 10 plus years for sure. And w w when we wake up, when we get that critical mass of people waking up and adopting the, the sidereal, uh, yeah. how is that going to change humankind, you think? How would you like it to change humankind? Well, that's a great question. 
Um, I think just help, just, just really like for people to become more self-aware, I suppose. But I don't believe it's something everyone needs to do. Like, I don't believe everyone needs to use astrology or anything like that. Um, it's just a tool, and but it's a very helpful tool, and it's a tool for self-awareness, um, tool for making choices, decision-making, um, things of this nature. So I would like to see more people use it um, in such a way that's grounded, in such a way that's practical, and just makes their life just a little bit better and a little bit more confirming, like, you know, Things are happening for a reason and they can see it and they know how to work with it. And they're just able to just bring a little more joy and a little bit more balance into their life with that awareness. You know, it would be interesting to know because uh, the, you, you have this thing about compatibility of signs. And, you know, and I'm, I, I, this is not a good example because I don't know, you know, what I'm on about here. But let's say, mm-hmm. you know, an Aries shouldn't be with a Taurus and so forth. Mm-hmm. And yet people do come together for a reason. Uh, yes. But then they say, well, our signs say we're not compatible. But you know, we're still married 20 years on. Uh, I mean, that would be interesting, uh, I think, for people to learn as well, that that maybe they find that, wow, we are, in fact, compatible, or we're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. Like, that was a, that was a good example, Aries-Taurus, because they're right next to each other. They might both have their actual sign in Aries, you know, or maybe even, I don't know, I guess they wouldn't have in Pisces, but, you know, there would be other things in Sidero they would see, certainly, that's different. But, Uh, That's the other thing, too. Like in mainstream, it's very simplified. It's very basic. It's saying, oh, because you're you're born at different times. And like this is what this is what deters a lot of people from astrology. It's like, okay, well, so if I was born a different date from someone else, that means we're not compatible. Um, That's not that's not the case at all, because there's so much more to the chart. It's not just the sun sign. So tropical, mainstream tropical at least, really simplifies everything to those sun signs. You know, it's very pop and it's very easy and it's, you know, but the truth is, is like you have a Venus. Like Venus was somewhere during your birth. Mars was somewhere during your birth. Mercury, like, and these planets all deal very much with interpersonal relationships and seeing where they're at in the chart and then, yeah, looking at the actual constellations be super helpful for uh, for relationship building. And, and just... I mean, just everything, just understanding others more and like just by understanding other people's signs, it's like you just have a little bit more awareness about how to connect with them and relate and, you know, even business. So obviously romantic relationships, but just business, everyday interactions, like all that significantly improves when you kind of know yourself and you know who you're working with or dealing with. Just take a few minutes and walk us through uh, the website Mastering the Zodiac because there's a lot going on here. You've got videos, you've got charts, you've got courses, you've got software. Yeah. Yeah. So MasteringTheZodiac.com. And yep, there's, I mean, I think the best place to start is just watch some videos. Um, I do a daily video for where the constellations, like where the planets are in the sky essentially at this time. Um, See if that resonates. There's also charts there. You can, there's actually a free chart calculator on the website so anyone who's already kind of inclined towards mainstream astrology i highly recommend you go check out your sidereal chart take a look at where those planets actually are and see if you resonate with that because um you know like i said nine times out of ten or or greater it's usually quite the uh, confirming reaction once you actually look and see oh wow that's where that is and and you kind of explore that. So, yeah, I'd say the chart calculator, if you go to masteringthezodiac.com slash chart, um, that'll pull up the chart calculator. You can look at all of your placements uh, very quickly there with and, that. And the software, what's that about? 
So software, um, so it's not my software. I work with a developer, but it's the only software that um, uses the actual size of the constellations. So it's called Prometheus. Um, and so those that are actually doing charts, astrologers, whatnot, yeah, check out the software. Um, it can cast charts basically using the actual size of the constellations. And it's the only software that does that. I'm actually very lucky uh, to have met the developer because if it wasn't for that software, like I said, I wouldn't even be able to do what I'm doing today because of the technology behind it. So yeah, it's called Prometheus. That's also on the website. And you're offering some astrology courses online as well. Tell me about those. Yep. So those uh, interested in learning astrology, there's um, astrology courses. One's a video course. It's actually on sale right now for 50% off. I might keep it that way for another week. But um, yeah, it's a video course, eight sessions, and um, that's the video course. And then there's a one-on-one course for those that want to, uh, you know, work with work on Skype and essentially have an open dialogue like what we're doing here uh, to learn astrology. And again, the website, MasteringTheZodiac.com. Athan, great meeting you. Thank you so much for spending some time. Thank you, Richard. It's been a great pleasure. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back with a few words about the next installment of Conspiracy Unlimited. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. A donation of $50 a month places you in the star chamber. $20 a month is the whistleblower tier, and a donation of just $10 per month makes you a truth seeker. Star Chamber and Whistleblower members can participate in an exclusive monthly online chat or video conference with me. And all donors are entered into a monthly draw for Strange Planet merchandise. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Coming up next time, crimes and cover-ups in American politics. You know, Jefferson's one of my heroes. I don't think very highly of Alexander Hamilton, despite his uh, success on Broadway as a black young rapper. But I don't think he was quite up to uh, the other founding father standards. But the banks loved him, and I think that's why he's on Broadway now, as opposed to all the other founding fathers. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. 